Hello, welcome to Secure Talk, your trusted source of information on the latest threats, trends, tools, and technology related to cybersecurity and compliance. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Secure Talk. My name is Mark Schreiner, and I'll be your host for this episode of Secure Talk. Today, we're going to be talking with Lasha Antadze, who is the founder of one of Rarimo's service providers, Verify Labs. And we're going to be talking to Lasha about what's going on in the NFT space. And we're going to be talking also about what Rarimo um, is doing these days. And especially, specifically, we're going to talk about Rarify Labs. But before we do that, let's say hi to Lasha. Lasha, how are you today? Doing great. Thanks, Mark, for having me. And My pleasure. pleasure to talk yeah. about NFT space overall. So um, whereabouts are you located? Uh, we're based in New York City, but um, the co-founder is between the Berlin and New York, so back and forth. Okay, and um, let's uh, let's back up a little bit. How did you get your start in this space? So uh, the our participation actually is uh, most of the team members, the engineers, uh, they are part of Verify Labs. We started. Back in early 2014, it was in very early days of crypto. So we built like a couple of companies and uh, protocols in the prior years with a successful exit and uh, the very first uh, implementation of the blockchain technology was in partnership with the government. So it was a bit tricky, lots of bureaucracy and that particular one didn't have a happy ending. But it was a great experience that we went through and understood from early on the challenges that this technology could have uh, in terms of like mass adoption or from a regulatory perspective. And yeah, but the more we gained the experience, the better we became into building mostly infrastructural uh, pieces for developers. What's the environment or ecosystem like now compared to 2014 in terms of the accessibility and availability of resources, of information, uh, hiring people, and so on? Yeah, it was a completely different landscape. So even from available reading resource perspective, there was like, I don't know, a couple of books you would you needed to read and the rest of the information. Uh, it was not like formalized. You have to like mostly scroll down about uh, through the blogs and some kind of forums and uh, read out different discussions to understand what was happening in the space uh, itself. The verticals and or, or like the activity uh, was nothing compared to what we have today. There were like very small groups. The gatherings uh, would. I don't know, like reach maximum of 100 people. And it, the, the talk was mostly around the Bitcoin and the term of blockchain was like just getting started. And there was a kind of a very open question that does, does like having something outside of blockchain like Bitcoin make sense? And there were like the very early protocols that nobody remembers the name, but they basically they basically like vanished, uh, but they left uh, a heritage on which this new industry was built. And I guess that like uh, different verticals, whether it's NFTs, DeFi, or, like smart contracts, all these innovations came after. So 
even with with our case, right? So in 2014, so uh, 15, we started like this, uh, the government related project is a Ukrainian government. So it was, um, it was a, we had a like huge support and we were like trying to use this technology for transparency and anti-corruption measures. But uh, even from the tech stack, what was available back then, it was very few implementations of some other consensus mechanisms. And we were basically playing around with PBFD, early Ripple stellar version of blockchains. Awesome. Maybe you can talk a little bit about, you know, how Rarimo came into existence um, and how it's evolved. And then then we'll jump into you know what's going on with NFTs as well. So Rarimo uh, started out as part of the focus on NFT space, but then it went broader into a so-called like decentralized social layer. And I'll explain that um, afterwards. And it started from, I guess the vision that we wanted to heavily contribute. This is the vision of like the multi-chain uh, future and the belief that like the chains and like that is happening like layer threes, roll-ups, layer twos. So they all serve a purpose, one from an infrastructural perspective, but as well from a business and monetization perspective. And as we saw, there's like a signal on the market that we're gonna like end up with, not just like a broad ecosystems, but very app specific chains. So we understood that one of the largest problem would become an interoperability. And if we like go in terms of like understanding how interoperability has started and where it's going, uh, I guess the like very first phase of this solving the issues of fragmentation came with fungible tokens. So you had all these kind of bridges, the name which got like compromised due to like high risks of the hacks. But uh, this were like, this served a very um, simple purpose to manage the liquidity across the chains. But as we kind of evolved uh, over the years and as we reached the kind of the NFT utility and usage, I guess we're moving into a new space, which is like the general interoperability between the ecosystem steps and most notably the user, right? So when we talk about the connected and composable Web3, we talk about the ability for a user to easily move from one space to another, from one ecosystem to another. And most, most important, being able to like uh, transfer the social capital, right? Build around. So Rarimo started on this vision and actually like the, it solves a problem of this interoperability, but specifically focused on the identity. And identity in a broader sense, that means like the tools like NFTs, SBTs, wallets. So these are all like primitives and building blocks used for the identity buildup across the ecosystems. Uh, and so like being able to communicate those identity pieces is something that Rarimo challenges and tackles. And um, I think this is a very important part going forward uh, in within the NFT vertical of its utility. And uh, of course, this like building up the social aspect and much more complex, capturing the much more complex interactions between the users. That's like a whole nother fascinating topic. I, I don't know if you're familiar with the, the term sovereign identity. Yeah. yeah, yeah. These are like 
this uh, as well i call it like a, one of the building blocks and technologies of the identity which is like self-sovereign verified credentials like these are this is something like uh started like completely off blockchain but now like putting this uh, states uh, of verifiable credentials on chain and making it available to be easily checked is a very logical uh, part of fusing and bringing this technology and yeah that's actually what Rhymo ecosystem is doing it works very closely with SSI providers and offers the kind of chain agnostic uh, credential minting and um, status uh, replication across chains. Yeah, I mean, I would think from a non-technical, just user point of view, people don't really care what's going on behind the scenes. They just want to make sure that there's that the access to what they want, right? Whether that's, um, you know, yeah. putting value in, buying something, taking value out, whatever. They don't really care how it works. They do care that it's secure. And also there's, a you know, obviously a growing interest and awareness in terms of protecting an individual's identity. And I'd kind of like to stay on that topic for a second, because, you know, you have situations in, in China where the government is controlling or owns the platforms and um, is awarding social credits based upon uh, what people do and don't do. And that 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 concept to me is it's not just scary, it's terrifying. I mean, you can be, you could be deleted. Um, you could be banned or barred for whatever. And, and, you know, I mean, we saw we in Canada during the, uh, the, the, the truckers who were demonstrating whether you, you agreed with them or not, the people who set up a GoFundMe page and were contributing as little as $25 had their bank accounts frozen by the, by, by the Canadian government. So I'm just curious, like how far are we, um, from actually having sovereign identity that cannot be touched by other parties? I think that's a great question and overall perspective to look at what is happening with the blockchains. And we did saw this threat and it's, it's I completely agree. It's a terrifying moment, right? So for, especially for the last three years, we see this intervention and like the back doors and all these, uh, I would say like violations of individual freedom. And uh, the truth is that like everything around us, unfortunately, including the internet or the platforms we use mostly are built um, with the easy entrance back door. So yep. all these manipulations could be done with the blink of an eye. Uh, and on the contrary, in a parallel world where we are building this self-sovereign, I, I would say like self-identity, which is controlled and like owned by an individual, uh, the good part of it is that we already know the tech, we already know what the architecture should look like and how the interactions between individual services um, will shape up. But uh, unfortunately, we're at the very early stage of building this layer up. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of innovation. And what's most notable, like lots of ecosystem on top that needs to be built to create enough leverage for the people to migrate and just make this uh, choice of an individual freedom and ownership. Uh, but yeah, but, but once again, on a positive note, we know 
what is the kind of countermeasure towards this pretty sometimes oppressive big 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 brother concept yeah yeah well um i wish you and everybody in that space um the best of luck and hopefully success i i just recently read a book called ministry for the future it's a uh, fiction like historical fiction that looks forward and um, the ministry is set up to defend the rights of, of future generations. And, you know, one of the, the issues that they t try to tackle is uh, a, a global banking system that favors certain outcomes in, 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 in certain entities. And one of the ways that they are able to um, kind of change the, the, the course of the banking complex is by issuing sovereign identity and allowing people to um, to to just take, basically take ownership of their own identities and their own finances and so on. That's just kind of an aside. But um, let's come back to so so maybe you can illustrate the link between NFTs, um, Rarimo, and then and and also you know what what you're working on now. Yeah, uh, we did mention like the SSI, right? So sovereign identity, which is mm -hmm. one of as I as I mentioned, like one of the building blocks of this self-governed uh, identity. But we are like over the course of like we all know the NFT started as part of like a hype, like collectibles, like you could like collect the different profile pictures. But what we see uh, going forward, and I, I guess what I would say would be the biggest utility of this technology is exactly on building this on-chain individual reputation. How the NFTs and new token standards such as like non-transferable tokens are used uh, today around the users is really fascinating. So basically um, on-chain social graphs, which is uh, as well the part of the identity, are built by using NFT technology. And let me kind of quickly explain. So imagine like we have a decentralized social network and every action, my interaction, like a cell, having a friend or making a comment or interacting with like, I don't know, liking or mirroring a post, every action is recorded using an NFT. So if I click a like, an NFT is created and is dropped on my wallet. And then they imagine like a string of those NFT actions. And this is what serves your social graph going forward. So you're in control of every interaction and social relationship and capital that you created. And these interactions could be interpreted by different applications, um, just like reading out the string of NFTs, like I mentioned. So it's a very fascinating and unique and massive utility of this technology going forward. And once again, so it, it, it comes down to building, being a building block of this self-sovereign um, identity and overall like reputation of individuals that is under the same, like the under control of a one key and one wallet and uh, of course belongs to the user. So, uh, this is where like those two worlds of like identity and NFTs as a social graph merge. And that's where Ranimo comes in as understanding the kind of the very crucial aspect of 
building this multi-chain and interoperable future. It's, it's about the interoperability of exactly identity and social aspects across the chain. Because if you look from an individual freedom perspective, so everybody talks about like, you know, like interoperability when dApps across the chain need to communicate. But the truth is that like, you don't want dApps exchanging any data that contradicts the Web3 where, where it's user-centric, right? So interoperability, I guess like it's misunderstood and miscommunicated among the uh, verticals that when we talk about interoperability of as being a very native and fundamental aspect of the Web3, we talk about the interoperability of a user and identity behind it. So when I become my social capital becomes unpluggable on one application and pluggable into another one. And when it's transferable, secure, and private, these are like three features with it. And yeah, this this is what Rimo is. This is what Rimo's vision is, and uh, yeah, believe that like interoperability of those building blocks is the key into unfolding and building up this really individualized social layer and capturing all the interactions. Awesome. So, you know, and excuse me if I get this wrong, but what I'm envisioning is is the, the MF, NFT, every individual's NFT would be unique to them um, because it, it reflects on all anything that they've ever done on the blockchain since the creation of their personal NFT. Is, is that, am I getting it cl close to, to correct? So, like, you don't have to, like, label NFT is a token, right? So it's, yeah. it's like a record of X and Y. So imagine that every unique interaction you're doing with other users across the chain, right? So you're, like, sending them friend requests and suddenly for this action to be recorded within the blockchain and NFT is minted that depicts this relationship between you and uh, the newly unfriended user, right? So all these interactions are captured and you would say like timestamped using an NFT, different NFTs. I've and then you. this basket of NFTs is your unique social graph on chain. Got you. Is there... I, I'm just curious how how mature this is in terms of, you know, obviously it, it would be limited in scopes to a certain number of platforms and applications, but are there some, you know, use cases that we can see right now of this? Yeah, I think that overall so-called like decentralized social is something that started like I would say about two years ago and it's just getting started to build up so we do see like the different implementations and usage of it with uh, some decentralized social networks where you can like plug in your social graph and even receive a tailored uh, feed based on your interest or the analysis of your social graph you could like swap the algorithm from a feed perspective you know we will not to be like entrapped once again by the centralized social media that can basically influence your decisions and life and like mood and everything, right? So this open market is something that uh, is uh, guiding 
this decentralized social and uh, the usage of it is that so imagine like there's a, like an applications like in modern internet where you can like unplug your social graph from imagine like a Facebook but a decentralized one and plug it into a YouTube so you got the content tailored based on your interactions on Facebook so this is the idea and plus there's like a very amazing startups and uh, teams building more like targeting and community management tools so imagine like every interaction or like you it could be like a kind of knowledge based or some action based quests where you can mm, interact with them and get rewarded based on that and every action you do or like everything you learn there it's it it just follows you as a social capital and then it could be like monetized going forward so yeah there's a lot of brewing happening in this space and uh yeah if you if you kind of pause for a minute and uh, imagine that every action every interaction every relationship will be captured via those token standards and record keeping you just realize that both from a transactional and value perspective uh, i'm pretty sure it will just flip the DeFi. it's not only going to flip it will change how users interact with DeFi and financial products because once you have a reputation and identity part of the user so it will just it will just like completely change how you take out the loan how you collateralize something how you get like uh rewarded on staking or etc and etc so it's a very fundamental piece and now it's like holy grail now missing from the blockchain but mm-hmm. we're getting there and where does Rarify Labs fit into this picture? So Rarify Labs is a service provider, so we like contributors towards this vision. So we, we of course like contributing to the buildup of this protocol itself, but as well on top of it, like we're running the different use cases that makes, uh, it's focused around like, not just like the backend integration, but really showing the end use case for the end user or how things might look like. Like recently we've built on this infrastructure, so-called like the NFT checkout, which is <clears throat> which is like showing how the multi-chain interaction and like you mentioned, like what it really feels when user does not have to care what happens in the back, but with like a simple click of a button, uh, orchestrate and like do this cross-chain multi-chain interactions. Excellent. Hey, I, I noticed in the, in, the, in the show notes here that um, that NFT Trade and Raremo are launching the first marketplace that enables users to purchase NFTs. And so far, we've been uh, purchase NFTs with any cryptocurrency on any chain. Okay. And so far, the conversation's really been focused more on the link between you know uh, SSI and NFTs and the blockchain. Um, but but obviously, there's still a, a fair amount of interest in trading NFTs. Okay. So maybe you can t- talk a little bit about the hype that people got caught up to. I mean, personally, I think that when the government injected hundreds of billions of dollars into the, you know, into the economy in a, in a, in a variety of ways as this pandemic relief, you had people that had funny money that were just trying all kinds of stuff, right? They're no, not understanding any of the underlying concepts or principles at all. Um, and 
for a variety of macro reasons, you know, people said, hey, that money just went away. And now, and, and, and I think that was part of it. There's probably some other dynamics. I mean, what are your thoughts in terms of where it was and, and where we're at right now? Where is that, where, where is the trading in NFTs going to go? Yeah, I think that uh, overall what NFTs did, it did really open up a huge segment and just people for the people who had like no intrinsic understanding of what is happening in the back with all those tokens and like Bitcoin and blockchains and suddenly NFTs was a visually and tangible representation of so-called digital ownership. You know, this was this was the breaking moment when apart from like of course the hype and some type of like speculations, it has a it had a huge benefit in terms of like spreading and really th this feeling, you know, of like owning something in a digital form, which which is, I think, like alien. It, it was alien before the, the uh, decentralized technologies, right? So it, there was no concept of it. And uh, NFTs, of course, with this like one of the utilities of having a collectible nature, and uh, depicting like cultural and social aspects of this identity individual or even the group of people uh, is and was an amazing tool to start off. Uh, and I think like NFTs really showed the diversity from a cultural perspective uh, uh, that will be built across different ecosystems and you had like you still have like this kind of diverse groups who are like only solely trading or like focused on one uh, segment of NFTs or the ecosystem or are believers of another one. And it just shows how complex and diverse all those cultural and social interactions will be on top of the blockchains. And uh, when we started and we, we were like thinking like, okay, how could we uh, is and what does this cross-chain, multi-chain vision that we have should look like for an end user. So we came up with a very logical product that we're launching in partnership with NF Trade, which is like NFT checkout. And it solves a very simple problem. So now as marketplaces or like trading and NFTs have become multi-chain, so you kind of like technically limited so if an nft was created in polygon for example you can only transact and buy this nft through a native token which is matic and on and on and on so this problem we believe and this as the cross-chain and multi-chain vision evolves it will become uh, more um, problematic because people will be holding different tokens, people will be having different values locked across different ecosystems. And it's like super hard to find like the swap, taxes, and all these complex tools just to like acquire an NFT that you see in a metaverse, right? Going forward. And uh, NFT checkout is a demonstration how you can improve the user experience because user just can transacting whatever token they hold and they just need to provide a single signature on their wallet. And then this entire orchestration of cross-chain swaps, lockup, uh, transacting with the NFT smart marketplace, smart contract and redeem of NFT just happens in one single bundle. So it, it's a kind of a mess and a lot of process in the back, 
but a huge relief from a user experience perspective. And by that, so we wanted to like demonstrate what does, the, how does the future of multi cross chain interaction should look like? It doesn't like it, it, it's not only just like fixed towards the buying of NFT, but even like minting or interacting with the different apps. So this payment piece will be crucial. And I think uh, we laid the foundation by this product uh, of this transactional piece, and it will be just reused on and on for every application and for uh, different use cases, we believe. How mature is the platform right now in terms of the you know size, number of transactions, et cetera? So actually it was testnet. So it's, it goes live uh, starting from tomorrow. So it will be live and available on the first NF trade marketplace. We chose this partner because they were one of the first multi-chain uh, apps that support different NFT trades across different uh, chains. And as we wanted like to support multiple tokens and enable users to check out with whatever balance they have, uh, I think it was a great starting point and the partnership. Awesome. Let's um, change tracks for a second here. You know, there have obviously been some very high-profile um, hacks. Ex you know, several exchanges have run into issues. Um, from a, a end-user point of view, how can I be, you know, confident that the platforms and tools that I'm using are secure? Yeah, that's a great question because, like, Today, if you're interacting or sending out a transaction between two chains, you're definitely relying on some type of bridge, right? And uh, then all, it all depends, the risks depends on the security of that particular bridge. And we've seen a lot of hacks around these bridges because architecturally what happens is that the one single smart contracts are managing the large amount of tokens. So it, it, there's like a single point of failure from the hacking perspective. And when we were like thinking like, how could we de-risk? Because overall infrastructure is focused on like the wider interoperability. Definitely can support the bridging logic and all this liquidity aspect, but uh, we decided to uh, leverage the Circle's uh, cross-chain transfer protocol, which is as well the newly released uh, solution that basically enables you to manage liquidity from dif between different chains using the USDC. And it's a great tool. I, I think it's, it's an amazing tool for liquidity management like uh, the uh, solutions like ours. Excellent. Um, you know, a lot of our listeners are cybersecurity professionals. They work for a variety of different types of organizations and the, you know, their, their, their job or their mission is to protect their organizations, you know, protect their, their, their infrastructure, their platforms, and most probably most importantly, their data. In, at the same time, a lot of companies and organizations are looking for more and more ways to leverage blockchain technology. Um, what are your thoughts in terms of these security practitioners who also have to kind of be aware of, of, of how blockchain 
is being adopted um, and then will increasingly be responsible for making sure that it's adopted in a secure manner. Any advice or guidance? I think that like blockchains and like security, this is like two aspects and two different uh, fields that of course like they're, they're like cryptographic and like the crypto using of cryptography is something native and how blockchain started. But for the security measures, whether it's like the data breach or like monitoring like the user information or like sensitivity for in case of identities, uh, I guess like there's a lot of innovation happening even like outside of blockchains. What, what the good part is that so all the security innovations are easily and quickly absorbed by different networks. And uh, I think like uh, it's a parallel process. So as the security solutions are increasing, so they're getting absorbed and adopted by blockchain uh, applications. And we just need to make sure that uh, some uh, sometimes like the security architectures and solutions don't contradict to the decentralization principle. But uh, I guess like, yeah, it, it's a kind of, a, it will always be a battle and a parallel process that has been part of the kind of the modern internet that more on a daily basis and on a like uh, technology uh, perspective. So every improvements need the same type of uh, implementation review and I know, support. Make, makes a lot of sense. What advice would you give somebody and say, hey, you know what, I want to create an NFT? That's just pretty simple, straightforward. But, um, you know, in terms of ease of use, platforms, um, security, all, all of that. Yeah, I, I think like this, I want to create an NFT in today's perspective already sounds like I want to create a web page and then like, the question is like, what type of web page? What you want to support? Who's your target audience? Why are you doing that, right? So the same applies now to the NFTs. So just creating an NFT, it's like making a record in a blockchain, right? That could be owned and or transferred between the users. And it can represent anything from like the, I don't know, collectible ownership to just the record keeping of certain data and events. So uh, I would, definitely try to narrow down the purpose of the creating. And other than that, like uh, in today's world, like minting an NFT is simple as like sending in transaction with the network. And I would not like mention a single platform or an application that is, that is like, I don't know, advantages it all depends once again on the utility and use case so if if people want to connect with you find out or for, find out more information uh, about the um the new feature in the marketplace what's the best way to do that the best way to do it is like follow us on twitter and follow the protocol rarimo on twitter as well separately awesome and well, hey, I'd like to wish you and your team awesome luck tomorrow. And thank you so much for being on Secure Talk. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for having me. Hello, welcome to Secure Talk, your trusted source of information on the latest threats, trends, tools, and technology related to cybersecurity and compliance.